Hello. Hello. Welcome to a Kindred Spirits podcast. I'm Tori, and my husband's playing a video game right now on the television. Because I guess that's how things are now. So this is like my first full podcast and I wanted to kind of talk about how I got into Anne of Green Gables and um, all the other things, Jane of Lantern Hill, um, Blue Castle, Tangled Web. Um, I still haven't read um, the Emily book which I've been told are the, uh, they're most like Lucy Maud Montgomery, Emily of the New Moon, and um, her other books. Um, and I'm hoping to read those, because I never did, and I don't know why. Um, I guess for some background, I just kind of want to talk about how I grew up and hopefully if anybody is listening I was thinking if you how you got into Anne of Green Gables how you got into Lucy Montgomery's books um seeing as she wrote so long ago I mean you know in terms of modern day literature like she's still held up she's still being looked at, um, and her latest incarnation, and with an E, is kind of been polarizing in some ways. I, I myself was not quite sure how I felt about it. Um, this last season has really brought me on the side of, I like it. Um, and I know that might be controversial for some people who really love the Megan Follows version of Anne, and I do too, which is kind of where I start off, but, um, to backtrack a little, um, I was born in California, and I was born to, uh, a mixed-race parents, um, my father is Caucasian, my father, my mother is Mexican, um, and I was never, I never had a big, um, background in literature. My father loved to tell stories, and he tells me that even when he worked, um, you know, crazy shifts, graveyard, graveyard and, um, and swing shift, he would always come home and tell me stories, and I do remember that very distinctly, is his storytelling, and his family's storytelling, which is still, I love hearing their stories, because there's things that come up that you just didn't expect, or you thought one way, uh, you know, one of my family members will tell a story one way and they'll say, no, 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 it wasn't so-and-so, it was so-and-so. So it's kind of neat to hear that family lore. 
Um, my mother's family is less giving in that way of storytelling. Their mother, uh, my grandmother, uh, died when my mom was about 11. And so, and the family kind of broke up from there. Children were split up. And it wasn't until my father married my mother that he brought them together and, and he raised them. So I was always very close with my mom's side of the family because they were just in the house. And um, one of my, my tias uh, had uh, her nieces and nephews on my tio's side of the family, her husband. And I considered them my, my primos and my primas, um, my cousins. And we would spend a lot of time together, all of us. And one day I was over at their house. We'd spent the night, had a sleepover. And I don't remember why, but we're watching PBS. And there was a show on. And I was watching it and I was just fascinated by it. And growing up, I'd never been somebody who liked to read. I actually hated reading. I. You know, anytime a teacher asked you to read, I'd pick, like, the simplest books that I could because I hated reading. I didn't want to read long stories. All of my friends had read Laurie Wilder by the time we were in fourth grade, and I just resisted. And we were watching the show, and I was just fascinated by it, and asked my cousin what it was and she said oh it's Anne of Green Gables and it was it wasn't Anne of Green Gables it was the sequel Megan Paul's sequel Anne of Avonlea which as most Anne fans know it's like a mesh a mix-up of, of uh, three of the books um, and I don't know that just got me thinking and I went and found the books. I found Anna Green Gables and I read it and I fell in love with it. And I identified very strongly with Anne and who she was. And, and I was able to find on PBS because of course this is eighties. And so, <laughs> you know, it's not like today I'm a teacher. And I tell my students all the time back then, if you really wanted to find something, you really had to find it. You had to like look for it and, and look at the TV guide and see when it was playing and be there, you know, at three o'clock in the morning or whenever it was so that you could, you could discover it and find it. And I found Anne and I, I think I ordered or got the, D the not even the DVDs, gosh darn it, <laughs> the VHSs from a video store in the mall and I just watch them over and over again. Everything that Anne did and I could relate to her how she kind of felt out of step with everybody else and her poetical nature and Anne was actually the the, I want to say person, even though she's not really a person, 
she's a literary character, but she is a person in my mind that got me into reading and got me into literature and and everything that I feel like was in me that I didn't know how to express. And of course Gilbert Blythe. Gilbert Blythe. Like the hero of every girl's dreams. And you know, made an ideal for me. So once I discovered Anne and I read all the books and then I tore through every other book that was at my library that I could find that my librarian Sandy and Derry would order from other towns so that I could get. And that led me down the rabbit hole of Anne and and Madrigal and the Story Girl and Blue Castle and Valancey and Tangled Web and the Gay Family and of course still have not read Emily. Now my questions for you if you are listening my listeners is what got you into Anne? What made you connect to this small book this literary giant that has influenced so many people. I want to go back and look. I've never actually seen the um, the 1930s Anna Green Gables, although I've seen um, the woman who changed her name to Anne Shirley, who played Anne Shirley in that, that version of Anna Green Gables in other movies. I think it's interesting that she changed her name, but not unusual for that time period. And I'd like to look at that as well. But what got you into Anna Green Gables? And right now, as I'm kind of like winding this up, is I'm thinking particularly about a student of mine because she, well, I'm thinking about a couple of students. I'm thinking about one student who, when I was a fan of Anne of Green Gables back in the 80s and then in the 90s, there was this, this is tangent time because I'm going all over the place. There was this place um, in my hometown called Primrose Alley and I loved it. It's the first time I had a scone. I didn't know what a scone was. Uh, <laughs> Um, and they would have high tea at this place, and and I loved it, and they didn't do well after the first couple of years. I think I was, I felt like I was their only uh, customer, but they had a lot of Anna Green Gables stuff, and I was always buying it, and I actually put an Anna Green Gables doll on uh, Layaway, for those of you who can remember Layaway. Um, and my dad bought an Anna Green Gables doll from them uh, that I, I have both of them still. And one, the one that my dad bought is more of like a wooden figure that's kind of a doll. And it still has like the Anna Green Gables on it. And I have it right now in what I can laughingly call my, la my classroom because 
this, there's another long story about that, but I won't get into it. But it's the one thing that I kept to put in this classroom while we're having a big renovation at my school. And one of my students finally noticed it after it's been there, you know, the whole year. And he said, oh, my sister's really into that show. Do you like it too? And I'm like, of course, if this, I, I have this doll sitting on, you know, in this very minimalistic excuse for a classroom. And um, one of my students in the class uh, let me know that she and her, her mom and her grandma all love Anne of Green Gables and, um, you know, we're talking about Gilbert Blythe and, and I was like, oh, of course, Gilbert Blythe. And she said, yeah. And I asked her if she watched the new Anne with an E and she said, she said that she was kind of getting into it and I said that she really needed to watch it because, you know, even though... I'm a 40-year-old woman, and I shouldn't be saying this. This Gilbert Blythe is, is amazing. I mean, he is sweet, and, you know, I would have fallen in love with him had I been watching it at her age, where I was when I first, first was introduced with Anne, how I felt, fell in love with him the first time, and how he became my ideal of who should be the person who I fell in love with, who... I wanted to be my intellectual equal and who was kind and loved me and just pined after me and even though my husband is playing a video game right now and shooting people up like I he does and he is and he's my Gilbert Blythe um, so I'm very lucky because he does all those things uh, in a 21st century way. Um, but I'm also thinking, even though I'm thinking of that student who is kind of surprising because she, like me, is, is uh, Latinx, um, Latina. Um, and it's funny to hear it from her. But also I'm thinking of another student who's going through much more and I think of what it would be like to you know, as Anne, who is abandoned and alone and who had two parents who, in this series, Anne of with the Knees, you know, really struggling with the fact that, like, did her parents abandon her? Did they, was it the scenario that she actually had that they both died and they loved her? Or was it, is it something else? Is it, you know, her mother died and her father abandoned her and who knows? And um, I think of my mom too at this time because, you know, she lost her mother at such a young age. And my grandfather did abandon them. He left. And she was kind of passed off from person to person. Like all of my theas and theos were, they weren't they were passed along, um, like Anne is, and Anne's resilience and her spirit and her generosity and heart is able to withstand that, and you get to see that a lot in Anne with an E, and I think about that because 
the student who I'm talking about, who I've gone on this tangent about, is losing her mom. And um, over the past four years that I've known her, she's been just this amazing person. This kind, generous, to a fault person who is going through so much and I I can't have more admiration because I look at my mother's situation, what she went through and what this young woman is going through and how she is handling it and she's handling it with such beauty and it sounds awful she's handling an ugly situation in the most I want to say adult but that's not really what I mean but in a way that I don't think that I could ever and I look at Anne, and that's what I love about Anne, is that she has gone through the ugliest things and the most hurtful things, and she still survives at the other end and is able to give so much. And of course, in all this rambling, my talking about Anne, I haven't even spoken about Matthew, which I guess I will and another time because that's a whole different thing and having to do with how close I am with my dad and how much I love him. But at this time, I'm at like, I say like a lot. <laughs> I'm almost at the 20 minute mark and I can't believe I've talked this long. Although, you know, those of you who know me can say totally can understand that you've talked this long. Um, but that's how I was introduced to Anne and that's how I still adore her and I want to talk more about all aspects of Anne. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to get into next podcast but um, if you're interested I do have an email. It's a kindred spirits podcast at gmail.com and I'd like you to share your memories of Anne, how you got into Anne, how it influenced you, um, your, uh, if you've read Emily <laughs> and maybe if you um, are mad at me with not reading Emily yet, I swear I will. Um, and if you are from Canada, like, that's, this is going into another little tangent, because I do like tangents. Um, how, how did Anne influence you, I guess? Like, did, was it taught in Canadian schools? Because my husband went to a Canadian school and heard nothing about Anne. And, um, well, he's a guy, so I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. Or if, you know, that's even talked about or discussed 
and um, if you are from another country, I know that Anne of Green Gables is super big around the world, and and I've heard that it is very big, um, especially because of World War One and World War Two and how it was translated. And I'd like to know about that. So please send me your emails and I'll read them. And I just want a discussion about this really great literary character who, for some reason, I don't know why, is not talked about enough. And looking at podcasts, I never see anything about Anne, except like fleetingly. And I will be a staunch supporter of Anne with an E. Um, I'm hoping, even though Netflix has canceled it at this point, that they will bring it back. Because I think, especially the third season, I sincerely hope those of you who are listening who started watching the first season and were just turned it off because it was not the Megan Follows series of Anne that you were hoping for that you need to remember that we are in a different era or a different age and we need to discuss and look at things that maybe are hard to look at and um and Anne is a platform for that and especially in the third season i think if you watch it there's a lot of things that they didn't uh finally tie up and I want to see more of the stories that they're telling with Anne with an E because I think it's stuff that we need to look at and the platform of Anna Green Gables and Lucy Maud Montgomery uh, being used for these is going to be helpful for our children, our students, and our young people because it's things that have to do with empathy and myself as an educator, yeah, I'm seeing so much less of it. And I'm seeing so much less of kindness or the, the understanding of how to be kind um, to each other. And it's not to say that it's the parents' fault. I think that it's society's fault and it's education and it's, you know, technology. It's this wonderful thing that we have. It's this kind of black mirror society that we are letting ourselves not mm, trying to find the word, right word. We're not doing the best we can to create a world that is the world we want. And we're turning a blind eye to the things that Anne has taught us the most to look at it, which is kindness and empathy and the beauty of nature and the beauty of the things around us and to look forward to the things that are ahead of us, those bends in the road. And a lot of my students suffer from anxiety and fear and just simple things. They, they are tasked with writing a simple magazine or a project and they won't do it because they're so overwhelmed um, and we just haven't given them the tools or the imagination and when I say imagination and I tell them because I do teach theater to 
to reach into that imagination. They don't have the tools to do it. They don't have the ability to do it because they're faced with a society that is so glued to their technology. Um, they're afraid they are addicted. And I hope by maybe you talking about your own connection with Anne or your own um, dealings with Lucy Montgomery and her other characters that you can talk a little bit more and contribute to the conversation. So I'll leave you with one final thing now that I've gone off on a tangent for like 25 minutes that first email me a kindred spirits podcast at gmail.com with any stories that you want to share about Anne or Lisa Montgomery or her other characters love a Jane of Lantern Hill story um Gilbert of course or um you know your protests or support of Anne with an E. I know it's controversial. Um, and some people are very against it and some people are very for it. I side on the very for it part. And then anything else you want to share and hopefully I can read it on the next podcast and um, start this discussion rolling. So I hope I haven't been too boring and I hope that you've liked some of what you heard and if you haven't then I guess you can email me with the stuff that you disagree with and we can continue this discussion about Anna Green Gables the thing that I love and am passionate about well I still have not learned how to make raspberry cordial yeah Hopefully I will. And Bex, if you're out there and you're listening, I will not get you drunk and send you home to your mother. She would be super pissed at me. Um, I guess not at this point. Uh, and so I raised a glass of uh, Pinot Grigio this time. You know, champagne. It's not New Year's. And I hope for the best. And... Remember, tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet. Cheers.